Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Thanks for tuning back into another segment here on GEMS Podcast. With me today in the hot seat is Jennifer Coke, and here is a bit about Jennifer, and sometimes she prefers to go by Jen. She is the founder of the New Wave Business Coaching, where she is an advocate for small businesses. She helps small business owners who are in growth mode with strategy and gaining clarity, while also helping them develop a mindset to build a business that will survive and thrive for years to come. Her 20 years of owning a brick and mortar business, along with her experience in developing a national brand, has positioned her to help other entrepreneurs reach their dreams while owning a business that doesn't own them. So without further ado, please welcome Jen Coke, where we're going to learn how to attract and retain employees in the great resignation, as well as setting up boundaries so you won't hit that wall of burnout. Thank you for having me. My pleasure, Jen. And before we dive into our segment, I definitely want to either break the ice or play a rapid fire game with you just to get to know you better. And so the audience can see who is Jen outside of her business. (laughs) So what would you like to do? Break the ice or play a 10 question rapid fire game? Mm, I love it. Let's bring on the rapid fire. We're playing rapid fire with Genesis and Jen. So here we go. Question number one. If you could go back in time and give your younger self a piece of advice, what would it be? Ooh, I would say be present in the moment. I was so busy always looking ahead. I didn't enjoy the moment. Two. If you could have lunch or dinner with anyone dead or living, who would it be? Mm. You know, I know we hear it a lot, but I have to agree with it, Jesus. Okay. Three, this is an easy one. Apple or Android? Apple. (laughs) Four, coffee or tea or neither? Both. Yes. (laughs) Love it. Five, if you could go anywhere in the world, money was no option. And here's the kicker. You just found out that they can't fly back to your home base for various reasons. Where are you heading? Oh, wow. Um, I'm going to go somewhere in the Caribbean, like Aruba or something like that. Nice. Six. If you could recreate any significant moment in your life, what would it be? You know, for me, probably um, my daughter's wedding and also my own wedding. Just so much fun. Seven. Favorite food. Ooh, favorite food is cookies all the way. (laughs) Love that. Eight. Okay. If you could be a fly on the wall and eavesdrop on any conversation, either past or present, whose conversation are you eavesdropping in? I'm going to go with Elon Musk. I really want to hear what's going on in that man's head. Oh, yes. You're the second person that said that. The first lady was after he signed that $44 billion deal to buy Twitter. 
Yeah, no kidding. Wouldn't it be just interesting? I mean, I'm sure it's all over the place. It'd be hard to keep up, but it'd be fun. Nine. You're on a deserted island. Everything is magical and you don't want to leave, but your resources are getting limited. You only have a certain amount of money and you only can buy one article from this gift shop. And here are the articles to choose from. Two bananas and a mango, <laughs> your favorite CD, or a piece of clothing. What are you buying? Oh, for sure, a piece of clothing. I'll figure <laughs> out how to eat later. <laughs> Amazing. And now 10, the pass or play question. So if you play, I ask one last question. If you pass, our roles get reversed and you get to ask me a question. So do you want to pass or play? I want to pass. I want to ask you a question. Okay, awesome. Lay it on me. I would love to know why you started this podcast. I started this podcast as part of my grief journey when I lost my dad in November of 2020. And it's a way to commemorate my dad's legacy. But then it was also like a passion project because I got so tired of hearing people say, oh, well, he's in a better place or I know how you feel when that one was like the most most hardest thing to hear well the hardest thing to hear because the people that were telling me that have never lost a parent their parent was living so you can't possibly know how I feel and then um once I got over certain parts of the grief stages then I began um interviewing people because I said there's so many people that have amazing gems to share and if I could just kind of bring that to the platform and just kind of intersect those stories then I would be having a piece of my dad with me because he would just talk to anybody anywhere and sometimes I would get so agitated because I was like dad I just want to get my groceries I brought you so you could help me push the cart and load the car and now he's like do you know Jesus or he'll just ask like these random questions and people would just be talking to him and I'll be tapping my foot trying to do something in a subtle way and he's still talking or like when he would be at my house like you know people that will come in your neighborhood and solicit things like the solar panels or different stuff sometimes he would just let him in I was like dad stop letting strangers in my house and then one day he's like Jose is here and and I'm like who's Jose and it was this guy trying to sell like um video surveillance and security and it made me so mad because you see all these crazy stories on the news on not to let certain people so that was a long answer short Oh, but I love that. Now the name Gems has so much more purpose behind yeah. it. Wonderful. And I will tell you that nobody in Michigan is going door to door selling solar panels. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, we're here in Texas, so I guess it works out in our favor. That's right. So awesome. Thank you so much for playing Rapid Fire, Jen. Now let's head into our segment on how to attract and retain employees. Because I feel like since the pandemic, it has been a blessing to some and a curse to others. Whenever everything was shut down and employees got to work from home, they realized how much time that they had to spend time with their family, go to those doctor's appointments without taking a quote unquote vacation day because it's not a vacation day to go to the doctor in my opinion and I feel like some of those employees when they were forced to go back to work they did not want to because they felt like oh I did it for so long you know at home why do I need to be in a brick and mortar and I think all of that 
kind of, you know, jump-started the great resignation. What are your viewpoints there? You know, like what you said, so we have experienced what we call the great resignation. And, you know, people retired early. They were offered early retirement packages because a lot of people got burned out. It was burnout that led a lot of this. And then people were able to have more money than they ever used to because the government was helping people. So they decided to stay home, not work as long. And really what happened was kind of the great reevaluation. You know, when you have double income working at home and you have small children and you're all under the same roof, you're trying to parent, you're trying to work, something has to give. And we all started feeling this burnout and we started feeling like, you know what, is this it? You know, we, before we would work to live, well, now people want to live to work. So there's this shift happening where they want purpose, they want passion, they want to learn something new, they want it to mean something. And a lot of that is driven by the millennials, you know, our younger generation, which, yeah, it's just great because the millennials are, or the younger generation are the ones that are going to make change for the future. And I just saw a statistic that by 2025, 75% of the workforce are going to be millennials. Wow, that's impressive. And okay, do you feel, because I've had this conversation several times, especially being so young that, that I am, but I worked for 15 years in corporate and 12 were primarily in oil and gas and energy. And sometimes the millennials and the baby boomers butt heads because the baby boomers feel like the millennials just want it quick. They want it fast. They don't want to wait their turn whenever we're trying to bridge the gap and really have those conversations with the baby boomers. But sometimes they don't necessarily want to hear us out because they feel like, oh, I've been on this earth longer than you have. Like, I think I know, but, you know, we grew up in technology. So if there's a way that we could automate and work on process improvements and efficiencies, then let's do that versus doing it the old school way. And I've had this, this conversation with my mom, who's in that baby boomer category. And, you know, we butt heads sometimes, but my dad was more receptive of certain things. So what do you feel like that also you know, led to the great resignation in a sense, because we saw a lot of millennials saying, oh, no, I'm not going to settle for this because I could work anywhere, anytime, and et cetera. And then I felt like they, like you mentioned, they kind of jump-started the movement. Or do you feel like it was a mix of both? You know, I feel like it was a mix of both. And I think it really comes down to respect. Like younger people need to respect the el- elderly or not elderly, but older workers, because they do have a lot of knowledge and wealth of knowledge and experience, which is you can't buy, you know, that takes time to learn. But then the older generation, the older workers need to respect the ideas of the younger generation. And at at times, yes, you can look at this younger generation from a, you know, a more experienced view and think, oh, they're just trying to cut corners. They're just trying to get there quicker. You got to put your time in. But then a lot of times I'm applauding them, like, good for you. You know, I started out in corporate America too. And when I was in corporate America, it was first to get into work, last one to leave. It was this game of how many hours you were being seen in the building, where today's generation is like, no, I'm not doing that. I want hybrid. I want to work from home a couple of days a week. I want three to four weeks vacation. And, you know, you can have the stance of, wow, that's pretty demanding. You haven't earned it yet. Or you can have the stance of, you know what, good for you. Go after change as long as productivity and as long as we can still be profitable doing that. Great, great answer. And I like how you said the respect factor, because I'm a big 
component of that because you respect, I like to say the seasoned folks because they have a lot of value and knowledge to bring to the table. And they have a lot of wisdom too. And then you also should respect, you know, the younger folks because even though they're like these young hippie whip, whippersnappers or whatever you, you all call us, we still do have things that we could add to the table that's valuable. And if we intersect the two, we could see how powerful we are together by really creating those, those partnerships to drive synergies or form like COEs, which are the center of expertise. Mm -hmm. And you also have to be mindful too with the great resignation because some people were retiring because of the, what is it called? Um, the interest rates, the interest rates were really good. So they wanted to take advantage of that because if they stayed, they would be working for free. But then what is the reward to get those individuals to offload some of the knowledge on the younger the younger folks? Because if we're letting those people walk out of the door, they're walking out with all of that knowledge and years of experience. So should corporations also look at re-evaluation in another standpoint? Because I felt like just talking to some of the older seasoned folks, they felt like they were pushed out of the door before their time. Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot that feel that and a lot probably were excited to take early retirement and be able to go on and do something else. A lot of them are probably working somewhere else. In fact, that's one of my strategies to fill some of your open positions is think about retirees. Because when you retire younger, you find out a couple things. First of all, it costs more money to retire than you thought when you're active and fit. You, know, you can't golf four days a week without a lot of income. And you're going to get bored. You want some purpose. You want to keep using your mind and, you know, trying something new. So they make for great employees on a part-time basis. So I'm sure there are a huge group that do feel that. But once again, that's an internal reflection on them on being threatened by the younger generation or being open and embracing it. And I see a lot of people in different generations that can work really well together. It's just it takes individual intention to just be open and respect that other person and want to learn from them. The older person wants to learn the technology. The younger person wants to learn the seasoned ropes and how to handle and not get stressed and how to, you know, persevere, really. Absolutely. And how do we help the older and the seasoned folks, you know, combat ageism? Because sometimes some employees don't want to hire the, the elderly folks because they feel like, oh, what about if something happens? It's a liability. But if we're really talking about like diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, by excluding that population, you're not really complementing your policy of D, E, I, and B. You're not, you're right. And you know, I would hope that as a business owner, when you are looking at your pool of talent, you're going to weigh the different benefits that you're gonna get from different people. And what you're going to get from a seasoned employer is somebody who is extremely loyal, is used to showing up and working really hard, putting in that extra time without being compensated, just wanting to be there. You know, that feeling that, feeling that they can help you move forward. So I think business owners need to be open to what today's employees really want because it's changed. We can't keep hiring the way we were because that's not working. And the way we used to hire is it was more about the benefits, the compensation, and what the employer wanted. You know, they would put a help wanted ad, and it was all about the employer, the title, the open position, the duties that were expected of them, the experience they were looking for, and what they were going to offer was money and benefits. 
Well, today's employees aren't necessarily looking for all that. And it's been really interesting to dive into what today's employees want. And that's something that I share a lot with in my trainings is, you know, stuff like appreciation. One of the statistics is 79% of employees left their employment over lack of appreciation. You know, appreciation isn't monetary. You know, so the old way of thinking isn't going to help there. The other one is recognition. 60% of employees left due to lack of recognition. So we're seeing this change in what they want. And as business owners, if you don't start shifting with it and changing your mindset with it, you're always going to be hiring. And it costs a lot to hire and on board versus if you would kind of just take the time and assess the current employee that you have, you already pay for T&D training and delivery that per, that person already knows your company policies and procedures. What are you losing if you spend a little bit more money on that individual showing them that you that they matter? you recognize them, and you appreciate the efforts that they bring to the table versus allowing that knowledge to walk out of the door and you have to train a new employee from square one. Because let's be real, we still have to spend money with um, OTJ on the job training. And a lot of companies, yes, they say they want you to have these certain requirements and qualifications, but that doesn't necessarily guarantee that they're going to be able to fully assimilate and work your systems. It's true. It's really true. And the cost of turnover is very high. And especially in today's times, that it's a longer time to fill that position. It used to be 42 days. Now it's 60 plus days on average to fill an open position. And so if you can nurture your environment and work with your employees that you have, you're, of course, you're going to be further ahead. And a lot of that doesn't have to cost you a lot of money. You can appreciate somebody with your words, with just showing up every day and asking them, is there anything you need? How can I support you today? You know, those are ways of showing appreciation, saying thank you, just recognizing the work they're doing. You know, when we talk about recognition, it doesn't have to be these big fancy awards. I think a lot of times we like to be recognized the day-to-day -day grind. You know, they always say it's in the small things, right? Absolutely. And then whenever you think about some of the things that you do with your clients to attract and ret retain employees, what are some of your top five or top 10 things that really um, help businesses that you work with nail this down? Well, the first step is understanding what today's employees want. So we really talk about that, which is the appreciation, the recognition, but a big one is communication. You know, 96% of today's employees want transparency. And transparency is being open, right? And that doesn't mean you show the financial books to every employee in your business, but it just means as leaders, we have to learn that being behind the walls is not going to motivate our staff and, and retain our staff. We have to figure out ways to encourage open communication, not only from management and leadership to employee, but employee to employee. So nurturing that environment. And the other big thing that we're hearing a ton about is culture and values. And I have people say to me, oh, is culture the new buzzword of the pandemic? No, it is not a buzzword. It is here to stay. And what does that mean for you as a small business? You know, values are those things that are important to you, your beliefs, your philosophies. Culture is kind of what I say, the personality of your business. And in today's world, employees are going to ask, 
you know, what is the culture of your, of your business? They want to know if you have a culture mission statement. And I can tell you, most of us businesses, we don't have it written down. We all have values and culture. We just haven't labeled them. So not only understanding what today's employees want, but thinking about the values in your culture and really using those as your compass, you know, using those three to five value words that you come up with and making your decisions around those, incorporating those in your everyday life. You can't just slap it on the wall and then go back to how you were. You know, you really need to live it and breathe it. And that takes time. This isn't something that, you know, you're going to listen to this podcast and go, okay, I'm going to go create a culture mission statement tomorrow. Check, done. You know, it's something that you have to really facilitate. And then the other thing we talk a lot about is how to attract. So back to the job description. If you go on Indeed or LinkedIn, most of the job descriptions are going to be very basic and boring and about the employer. The title, the description of what they want, the requirements that they need. And another thing that today's employees want is they want to learn new things. So one thing I recommend is paint a story of what it's like to work in your business. Paint a picture. So use that job description to attract them. You know, if it's a, like I was just helping a client who's a clean and commercial cleaner. Most people that work for her are introverts. They want to just go do their thing with their earbuds in, and they just want to, you know, listen to a podcast and get paid for it, right? And so that's how she's leading her job description. Are you an introvert who loves to listen to music and, and podcasts while you work? You know, do something to attract them, to get them thinking about what it would look like to work at your business. Because with social media, we're very visual now. We're used to seeing pictures. We're used to being told a story by pictures. And so we need to incorporate that in the way we attract the next, you know, hire and use your value words. You know, this is going to attract somebody who's more able, most likely to stay and is going to really want to become a team member. If you start really talking about the day in the life of what it is to, um, work at your business. And then also, what are you willing to train? I, you know, I understand not every skill set is trainable. Sometimes if you need a website developer, you need somebody who knows websites, but what are you willing to train and share that? Cause you might capture somebody who's always had a love of, you know, marketing doesn't really have a big marketing background, but is willing to learn. And if you share that you're willing to train certain softwares or certain, you know, certain types of um, elements to that job, you might attract a really good hire. Absolutely. Those are really amazing tips. Now on the flip side, let's um, do it from a person that is seeking a job, but then maybe they feel like they're not getting selected because they're overqualified or they're transitioning industries. Like for example, trying to go from um, oil and gas to the tech space and they're just hitting those roadblocks, what would you say to that individual or and the employers? Because it's a two-way street. I think the employers need to be open-minded when it comes to new people that are trying to cross-pollinate. And then the individual that is going up for that position also needs to position themselves in a way where they're adding value to that company. And, you know, it's tough because realistically, most likely the resume is being read by artificial intelligence right? With everything being so automated right now, if you're trying to transition from, you know, oil and gas to tech, something you've never done before, that's going to be tough to just send out a lot of resumes. And you probably are going to not hear back from many of them. And so what's going to happen there is relational. This is where you use the power of social media. 
use LinkedIn, use Facebook, and start finding those people that are maybe in associations or in groups that represent that type of a business, maybe start taking a few classes and start having conversations. And I love the approach of when you're trying to reach out, you know, nobody wants to be pestered in sales, right? Nobody wants salesy Sam to DM them in the LinkedIn box. You don't want to be pestering people, but it's more if you take the approach of who do you know? Like, hey, I am trying to get into this tech position. You know, I have some skills there, but this is my soft skills. You know, I'm a good problem solver. I'm very quick learner. I'm very techie. Do you know anyone that I could talk to about this type of a position? You're going to have to do relational networking if you want to transition from one industry to another. That's a really good tip. And then another tip I would add is on LinkedIn, if you are looking to connect with a certain person, really get in their space and their ecosystem. Take time to read the content that they're posting. If it um, is relevant and relates to you, just leave them a comment, ask a question, and they'll see that and they'll respond back. And just continue to just really engage in those transparent conversations or in a genuine way. Another thing I've seen some people doing are the video resumes now, instead of just the old school resumes. Any thoughts around that, Jennifer? Well, video is definitely where it's at when it comes to marketing your business. So I would say the same is going to stand for you as an employee. Video is very powerful, short video, you know, keep it short but be very concise. And I know video can be very scary for people. That's something that's new to them. But with today's iPhones and technology, it takes the scary out of it a little bit. You know, you don't want to be really rehearsed. You want to be you, but definitely have a few bullet points of what you're going to talk about. And I love what you said about commenting on others. You know, too often we go out there just about ourselves. And I always say the 80-20 rule, leave four times more comments or value for other people and take only 20% in for yourself, only ask 20% of the time. So you have to start building those relationships and you can do it by leaving comments. You know, type one thing you found interesting about their article. It's a slow game. You have to be consistent with it, but it really has the potential to pay off. Amazing. And now let's jump into our call to action part of the segment. So Jen, what is your call to action for the audience once they hear this? So I would say hop on over to my website, nextwavebusinesscoaching.com. I have a free resource, how to hire fast and smart. So you can go on there and sign up for that free resource, which is a guide to just give you a few pointers to get you going. And also LinkedIn, you know, I would love to hear from you. Connect with me on LinkedIn. It's Jennifer Koch, K-O-K, and send me a DM because I do offer a 30-minute complimentary business basics freedom session where you can come to me, talk about what's going on in your business. And I guarantee you will walk away with one actionable step that you can implement in your business. Amazing. So Jen, outside of LinkedIn, are there any other social media platforms that you hang out on? Yes, I do a lot of video training, short videos, three to five minute video training on Facebook. It's Next Wave with Jen. I'm also on LinkedIn and YouTube. Amazing. And audience, I would definitely have all of Jennifer Coates' information in the show notes. So that way you could plug in with her and learn more how you can level up in the business front. And until we chat next time, share and subscribe 
to this segment. We're on 40 plus platforms. You can see all video components on YouTube at GEMS with Genesis Amaris Kemp. And lastly, but not least, I want to thank each one of you for tuning in on a regular basis. Because of you, we are now ranked in the top 3% globally out of 2.8 million podcasts per www.listennotes.com. And we are actually looking for brand sponsors to continue to continue helping with the mission to educate, inspire, and motivate while intersecting the dots for diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. You can find out more information by heading to genesisamarscamp.net. Until next time, peace. Love and lots of blessings. Be an asset, not a liability, and step outside of your comfort zone so you can level up in all areas of your life. Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform as well as our YouTube channel. Gems with Genesis Mars Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at gems, G E M S, with W I T H, Genesis, G E N E S I S, Amaris, A M A R I S, Kemp, K E M P, at gmail.com, where your brand, your swag, Your services can be here on GEMS Podcast.